Welcome to the Barbell Therapy and Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brett Scott. I'm a physical therapist and strength coach. We'll be sitting down and interviewing the top industry experts in the fields of rehab, fitness, and performance to give you the latest and most valuable information to help you stay at the top of your game. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and share this show so we can help others like you learn more. It would mean the absolute world to us. Hope you enjoy this episode, and thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, welcome back for another episode of the Barbell Therapy and Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brett Scott, and today with me, I have one of my mentors, Dr. Urson Religioso, who, Urson, do you want to give your own um, background on yourself, your own introduction? Sure. Uh, I go by Dr. E online. It's Dr. Urson Religioso. Apparently, uh, in all my mentoring, I never told Brett how to pronounce my last name, but I get that. I get that a lot, you know. I that's okay. I look Italian, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get. I grew up in an Italian hometown, so I definitely thought growing up as a kid, my last name was Religioso. So anyway, yeah, I'm a I'm a PT and uh, manual therapy fellow. I've classically trained in, in manual therapy, but I've since studied a lot of other stuff. Basically, trying to get as many different people better as possible. Um, I have a cash-based practice in the Buffalo, New York area, edge rehab and sports science. I also have a podcast, Untold Physio Stories. Brett's been on there several times with his interesting cases. I teach courses for physical therapists, uh, chiros, rehab clinicians, manual therapists, essentially, uh, athletic trainers, OTs, whatever, modern manual therapy. And I have an online hybrid mentoring program uh, that Brett went through, Modern Rehab Mastery, among other things. You can follow me at Modern Manual Therapy on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. So that's it. I mean, that's as short as I could, short as I want to be. Yeah, that, that was good. So yes, Urson has a bunch of good courses and a great is a great educator. Uh, and I've definitely developed uh, a lot of my clinical skills from his courses and his thought processes and his teachings. Um, so one of the things I wanted to talk with Urson about today, and, and this is kind of stemming back, I heard you on one of your own podcasts a couple of years ago, talking about being plant-based and all the research behind that. And, you know, one of the new big things that everyone talks about is recovery. Everything is recovery. And I know you have a new course now, Modern Manual Nutrition. So I wanted to- Modern Nutritional Rehab. Modern Nutritional Rehab. I'm sorry. That's um, fine. So yeah, just- killing me today with the uh the name calling. Uh <laughs> yeah. but I wanted to talk to you today about some of the aspects of this that most, you know, patients, clients uh could learn from and and even me because there's a lot to uh you know, the rehab process and and what we're eating. So, uh Erson, do you want to kind of start and and give us a take on some of the the big key points we should be discussing with patients about their nutrition and how that relates to rehab? Sure, sure. Well, I mean, the you know, basically, I, I think everyone um, to some degree has seen things like Forks Over Knives or um, Game Changers, you know, on Netflix. And uh, it, it, it's hard because initially I, I, I would say uh, before I went plant-based, I practiced what I called evidence-based grilling. And I <laughs> had like... You know, I really studied, like my buddy gave me this Weber book that's like two, 300 pages, and it really tells you how to grill well and the science of, of how to grill and smoke and really get the most out of your meat. And I, I used to like charcoal grill 10 times a week, 
Right. And, and that's a lot. And it really kind of culminated um, it, with me getting a smoker and, and like a, you know, I started off with like my, my gas grill and then I, I went to charcoal grill, then I got a smoker. So I was really, you know, it's quite a process to, to actually do that. Like you, you prepare the coals and everything for like 25 minutes and then you cook and then you eat. So it's not even like a quick process. So for me to do that 10 times a week, you know, I really, really had a passion for it. So because people, you know, I hear people all the time say, oh yeah, I can't go plant-based. I like meat too much. So that's why I like to say my background was someone who really enjoyed grilling and, you know, it's not like I just never liked meat. I love meat. If I could eat meat every day, I, I absolutely would. But I had to for my health and I had to also, um, for my wife's health, uh, I was grilling so much and she ended up, you know, having some um, like thoracolumbar pain and when I was teaching a course in Rome, she ended up with a gallbladder attack. And that's like one of the referral spots is like the right kind of thoracic lumbar junction. Um, so she went plant-based and because she went plant-based, I ended up going plant-based eventually. And, you know, I noticed that my energy levels were better. Uh, my recovery times from running and working out was better. Um, Overall, I just felt so much better. I had like I had eczema on my hands, um, kind of recurrently, and that got better. So you know, I started really diving into that. Um, initially, going learning from E Cornell, they have a plant-based certificate, and then um, most recently, I took Sean Wells' certificate in nutritional physical therapy, and now that's what became, um, you know, co-branded as Modern Nutritional Rehab. So. The thing with it is that anyone can be plant-based, but you don't have to be 100% plant-based. But the evidence behind the, behind it for recovering for injury, for energy levels, um, reducing systemic inflammation, it, it's pretty much one of the only diets that helps almost all things. It's, it's very similar to strength training in that fact, right? Like people say exercise and strength training in particular is the only evidence-based treatment for every condition. Um, and, and when you when you look all... To, when you look on uh, just recovery and just overall health, I mean, you know, I know we want to talk about recovery, but it's really just for overall health, the basics, right, of hydration, um, you are what you eat. So the more real food you eat, the more plant-based food you eat, and the less like, um, you know, anything with animal-based proteins like casein, um, dairy, and cheese, and any kind of meat. It's not just red meat, but it's all meat. Um, all those things kind of kickstart an inflammatory process that could potentially cause symptoms. If you don't have symptoms, you don't have trouble recovering, that's fine. But, you know, there's, there's evidence out there that shows that, uh, people with chronic shoulder tendinitis, what is now called tendinopathy, um, they typically have a higher animal-based protein diet that, uh, tends to cause, more of what we call fiber fatty infiltrates, like the tendons are less healthy. And then when they were switched over to a plant-based diet, um, their tendons recovered and inflammation went down and they overall felt better. Um, you can say the same thing for, you know, arthritic, arthritic conditions. Arthritis doesn't cause pain, but it increases sensitivity. And if you already tried other things like exercising um, or, you know, if you're a runner and you're told that something like running is going to wear out your knees, I mean, one, that's not true because actually it decreases arthritis, but overall arthritis can cause issues. And, you know, and again, another thing to decrease the sensitivity and overall by decreasing systemic inflammation is going on a plant-based diet. So what I usually recommend to, to patients who need to recover and overall feel better if they're willing to try it. And again, it's not all my patients because I don't, 
I don't expect that anyone will just bam go plant based diet, but it's usually some something that they're willing to try because they've tried everything else. Like if you already have overall healthy diet and everything, whatever whatever you're doing for your training or your rehab is working out, that's great. But if you you do have persistent pain, persistent injuries, um, if you fatigue, if you have if you have to have a cup of coffee before 10 a.m. Um, you know, you might want to try a plant-based diet and also getting better sleep, but we can talk about sleep later too. Um, yeah. So that, that's basically, you know, where I go with that. I say you can be anywhere between 70 to hundred percent plant-based and, and still feel and recover a lot better. Yeah. Because at that level, we're just reducing the amount, if meat is inflammatory, inflammatory to our body, we're just reducing that to a certain level where we can still see some improvement. And maybe that's something patients should consider doing over time as well, because you know I have an autoimmune disorder myself. I have the ankylosing spondylitis. And so uh, eliminating meat is something I've thought about, but it, I, like you said, I just <laughs> love, I love meat and it's, it's easy it's for me to yeah. get my calories. And like, I don't see how I could get enough calories for myself where I'm supposed to eat. You know, that is a challenge. That is a challenge. You have to you have to graze all day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a thing for a lot of, especially the population I see of athletes and stuff, is people need more and more calories. And it's just eating, you know, lettuce all day. Uh, or what we think of is like, well, I can't just eat lettuce all day to get all my yeah. calories. Like I need other things. So are there some um kind of good recommendations you have about how to go about transitioning into some type of plant-based diet? Sure. I mean my thing is you always need, you need good recipes, right? Because um, Forks Over Knives was a really popular documentary and it got a lot of people thinking about going plant-based and then they eventually, of course, monetized it and they got their own cookbook and everything. And while I think their information is great, I find their recipes like super bland. And even though they're probably very healthy, I just can't like put sweet potatoes in everything. Um, so I recommend the Oshi Glows cookbook and also Thug Kitchen. And again, some of the stuff might be a little bit, uh, might have a little bit too much oil for some of the hardcore plant-based enthusiasts. Um, of course, olive oil. But um, if you don't have the right recipes, I always say it's just like saying, you know, you saying I'm, I'm going to go plant-based is like saying, I'm just going to go run a marathon without training, right? Or it's like yeah. saying, I'm going to be an amazing Thai chef. And just, you think you can just start making Thai food like that, right? Like you, you actually need recipes and you need, you need recipes that other people have, have proven are good instead of just like kind of trying to make your own recipe you need, and you need a plan, right? You need like a meal plan. You need, um, you just like, again, um, I know people who are PTs. I know people who are PTs and strength coaches, um, and some, and most of them say, I don't do my own programming just because you don't follow it as well, right? Like Same. you, if you don't, yep. if you don't have a plan, you're, you're basically really unlikely to be able to stick to this diet. So, you know, starting off with a plan, starting off small, even starting off with like something as simple, um, as simple as like trying this plant-based chocolate shake that is like super good to, to, to real, make people realize like, wow, this stuff, it doesn't have to be bland. It's not just like plain lettuce, you know? Um, if you have like this chocolate shape shake with like cocoa, almond, almond milk or oat milk, um, plus avocado, it's like super thick and creamy, 
Um, and I forget the other ingredient. There's something else in it too, but it's like super thick and creamy because that avocado gives you like healthy fat in it, but it's it doesn't have any casein in it. Um, and that's like one of the ways for us to kind of make people realize that it can be really good. And um, once you start to like eat more healthy things, um, overall, again, mostly whether it's plant-based diet, you do Mediterranean, you do like strict paleo, if you do have like a good balance, most people end up feeling better because they're ultimately eliminating foods that aren't real, right? They're eliminating boxed foods and, and prepared foods. Um, but when you look at further studies that kind of break down paleo versus uh, vegetarian versus vegan, you know, we don't like to really say vegan. We like to say plant-based because vegan is almost like also a belief, like you don't wear leather and things like that too, or mm -hmm. you don't use like a shampoo with animal products. Um, so when you look at for only nutritional products uh, or nutritional means, again, you don't have to be 100%, but if you go like 70, 80% and you cheat every once in a while, because I think cheating is important. Um, you know, every once in a while, I might have like chicken wings on, on the weekend, or I might have like a couple slices of pizza because it's very, it's very hard to stick to any kind of diet exclusively. It seems like the only people who do that like 100% are the actual researchers. Yeah. And it also makes it hard. Like if you ever, if you don't eat meat for a long time and you go back to eat it, you know, six months later, I've heard a lot of stories of, of, oh, of yeah. horror stories of that people. To me. Yeah. Not doing well. Yeah. I was hardcore 100% plant-based for about four or five months. And then I, I had some meat and I almost vomited. So yeah, I, I also do it every once in a while, like every, once every two or three weeks, just to retain the ability to eat it. Like I'm over like my parents' house and, you know, my mom, she's been actually making me like plant-based dishes, which is great. But I mean, I don't want her to make a separate dish only for me because my kids, you know, I'll still feed them whatever they want. Overall though, they do also eat healthier just because we make healthier foods. Um, and, you know, I, I think like someone will also ask like the, the, the whole question about, what about the protein? How do you get your protein? It's not about, you know, it's not about the protein because literally everything has protein, right? Like grass has protein. Um, you know, I've heard, I've heard like, um, people like no meat athletes say, you know, like, uh, that's a, that's a social media guy. Um, you know, apes are hundred percent plant-based or so elephants and, you know, they have like no lack of muscle mass. Um, there's a lot of athletes out there like Serena Williams is plant-based, right? Um, you can get your protein. You don't need like protein, protein, protein. What most people actually need is fiber. Uh, and that's, that's, that's the biggest lack in most people's diets. And so that's a piece too of, I think where there's a lot of misunderstanding uh, is because on the other side, maybe not everyone needs to go plant-based or, or be that drastic, but just some improvements in what we're actually consuming and, and upping our, you know, vegetable fiber, fruit intake. Uh, so we're getting more nutrients in our body. And it's like people go from one extreme to the other and, you know, things can be very hard. And, and I've seen it like when game changers came out, uh, I had a few people kind of jump the bandwagon, but didn't really know what they were doing either. And I was like, what is happening to you? Like you, your lifts look like crap. Like you don't <laughs> look right. Like you're sitting over in the corner struggling. It's like, Oh, I'm trying this. Yeah. this I mean, if they, if, thing. yeah, it changes. And I'm like, right. If they're doing it right, it shouldn't, it shouldn't affect their performance or how much you're consuming. And they're like, well, no, I'm just, I'm just eating plants, man. I'm like, yeah. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you, they will probably need to dramatically increase their, their intake of, of calories. They still need, they still need a good caloric intake, especially as an athlete, they need a higher caloric intake. 
Um, and it's still about the quality too. Like you can go plant-based and, you know, eat fries and just ha still have junk and chips and think it's plant-based. Um, but it's not right. It's all about the quality and you still need the caloric intake and, and they're still like, you can eat nuts and bean, you know, like garbanzo beans and there's, there's, there's ways to get protein if you need it. Um, but yeah, a lot of people do it wrong. And, and again, you, you need a plan. Usually it's very difficult to just all of a sudden go into it hundred percent and any more than you would just, it would be like going into a competition, any kind of competition without any training. Yeah, exactly. So I think the other piece too is, um, you know, other pitfalls to this, to doing it the wrong way. Like I know back when I took nutrition classes and stuff like the importance of, uh, you know, complete proteins, um, with each meal and stuff is, is that something that is still relevant with, um, today's literature on the nutritional side of things? Yeah, it's, it's difficult. Um, some of my training with eCornell basically said that that's not as much of a worry. Um, I would say the the majority of full plant based diets actually have trouble with um, vitamin B, um, mm -hmm. so that's not like that's more of an issue because if you if you just have enough enough different sources, I, I would say that that is not like getting the complete protein. That's it's not something that I've come across in most of my plant based studies over the past several years. Um, and I know that's everyone's worry, like, oh, if you're only eating nuts or if you're only eating beans, um, you're not getting the complete protein, then you got to eat all these meats too. But you can do the same thing with meat too, right? I mean, it's like, um, there's just a lot of different side effects. It's not only that like meat potentially may be pro-inflammatory, there's also a lot of um, different chemicals and additives and hormones in meat too that could potentially kind of wreak havoc. Um, so yeah. I know that that's uh that is a a worry and that is a mis it's 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 probably an unfounded misconception more than anything in terms of complete proteins. I haven't had any difficulty kind of building muscle mass um you know by only go by having a plant-based diet. Mm. Interesting. So I haven't seen you in like a year so you're becoming like a bodybuilder now? <laughs> Actually, no. Uh, I've mostly been running, and uh, I'm probably as I'm probably I weigh less now in the pandemic. Like most people, I know a lot of people I know gained weight and they, like stopped shaving and everything when everything was closed. Uh, somehow, I managed to like go from one fifty five to one forty six. My weight, like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I I actually probably need a little bit more muscle mass. I um, just been doing a little bit too much running and not enough lifting. We'll have to put you on a uh, barbell therapy programming template. Yeah, I know. I've been meaning yeah. to just do some BFR to cheat, and I haven't yeah. even gotten around to it. Um, uh, one more question I had with this and kind of the, the plants and meats and stuff, um, because there's uh, – I've heard some things like um, – you're probably familiar with Lane Norton a little bit, but – he said some of the the issues with some of these studies on meat that, you know, say it's carcinogenic and can cause cancer and things like this is that most of the studies are longitudinal studies that are looking at total meat consumption across the U.S. And I forget what the number was, but I think it was like just alone McDonald's consumption of of meat was like took up like 30 percent of daily meat consumption in the United States. 
and we have to realize that um, you know these personal factors and behavioral factors um, have influence on some of these studies that are looking at meat and stuff. So I don't know if the other studies on this plant-based side are are looking at these things and taking these things into account. Um, But the other piece too is if we know meat is pro-inflammatory, regardless of the studies and stuff, does just adding more vegetables, is that going to be anti-inflammatory for people? So if yes. people aren't willing to... Well, it's not even adding more vegetables. It's just that there are certain vegetables and also certain like fruit fruit combinations or nut combinations that are have definitely been shown. And that's part of what the, the course goes over too. Like you can... Like having two cups of berries um, is equivalent to actually taking, you know, um, a couple of uh, ibuprofens, even though that two cups of berries is a lot, it's actually still a lot healthier for you. Um, so yeah, there are actually certain foods that we go over in a course that heck that have it like same thing with like watermelon, like you could have watermelon, um, after a workout and you'll be less sore. Like th- these are things that are actually studied. Um, the, the plant based, the thing with the, what's an Cornell went over this more than like our current course, but what they basically showed that the majority of any kind of pro meat, pro egg, pro dairy study, there's almost no independent study, you know, that's like founded, that's not like independently done. It They're always like done, backed by the Dairy Association or, the, you know, there's always like, just like how there's big pharma, there's like just basically big, big meat, big dairy. There's no big plant. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's not like big blueberry. Um, yeah. There's no one who's like really pushing because there's no money in it. Right. Um, and again, it, it, I would absolutely have more meat i would have meat daily if i could but there are i couldn't do it without having no matter how much i worked out no matter how much i lifted and stuck to quality food i couldn't uh, because my fa- i have a family history of high cholesterol my had my dad's had several you know several mis i'm the only person in my in my family who doesn't have high, high cholesterol and hypertension um because you can't beat genetics not everyone needs to do it. They don't need to be as strict. I need to do it because I want to live longer. <laughs> and also, I don't want to take statins. I mean, there's really nothing healthy about statins. And I've also read studies about you know, cholesterol-lowering medications that they change your blood values, but they don't actually decrease your mortality rates. They don't, because you're overall, I mean, it's like you if you have to take statins to begin with, you don't have that healthy of a lifestyle. So if you don't change your behaviors, your lifestyle, your mortality rate doesn't really change. Um, so th- that's mostly why I do it. And also then I, I just had the unintended side effect of having more energy and being less sore and recovering better. Interesting. So I didn't, I didn't know that. I mean, I know statins aren't good for us, which, you know, for those that don't know what a statin is, it's your basic cholesterol medication, like Lipitor, which is the big uh, brand name. Um, but that makes a lot of sense that and, and this is an issue in all of healthcare, I think, is trying to get people to create behavior change before just taking a medication. Because for every medication that does one thing, it has you know twenty adverse effects that nobody really seems to care about because it's it's easier than changing your diet. For sure, yeah. Everyone wants the shortcuts, right? Like what? Like how do I get a six pack? Surgery. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
we'll do a tummy tuck. Right. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I always touch upon this too. But the other, the last, the last piece, and I know we've already uh, almost ran out of time. Is everyone needs like seven to nine hours of sleep. If if you exercised, you hydrate, you get seven to nine hours of quality sleep, and you eat, you eat well. Overall, you're going to recover better, feel better, perform better. Yeah. Yeah, so we can definitely talk more about that at some point because, uh, like I told you before, I just I just bought the Whoop app last night, actually. So I'll be getting that in the next few days and uh, trying to look at and track some of my behaviors with sleep and whatnot. So maybe I'll have a personal case study we can discuss with that. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not the expert on sleep. You could have uh, my buddy, Dr. Andrew Rothschild uh, for Modern Patient Education on. He just did a webinar on sleep and, you know, it was really inform informative. Yeah, for sure. I could definitely do that. I'll have to reach out to him at Spear Physio. Yes. Yes. All right. Any uh, Anything you'd like to add? I think you already put in the beginning where we can find you, but do you want to uh, replay that again? Sure. Yeah. If you're a clinician or basically fitness minded, I post some stuff for fitness uh, uh, as well on my social media. Just check out at Modern Manual Therapy on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well, but it's mostly reposted stuff. If you if you try to hit me up on Twitter, I may not get back to you. But otherwise, if you uh, if you want to reach out to me, you can message me on any of those platforms um, or go to my, on one of my websites like edgemobilitysystem.com. Um, check out, uh, you know, I have all of the BFR equipment and a suspension trainer. Your uh, clientele might, or your listeners might be interested in that. Um, you can email me through that site and uh, just tell me whether uh, you, you you have any questions, any comments, or you hate plant-based diets and you thought it was crap what I was talking about. That's fine. I want to hear for I want to hear from you either way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for coming on, Urson, and we'll definitely catch up soon. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me at barbelltherapyandperformance.com on Instagram at barbell.therapy uh, or shoot me an email at brett at barbelltherapyandperformance.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. So there you have it. That ends this episode of the Barbell Therapy and Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, and share this podcast so we can help others like you learn more. If you have questions regarding the show, inquiries, feedback, or questions, or other topics you want heard, please visit our website at barbelltherapyandperformance.com or find us on Instagram at barbell.therapy or shoot me an email directly at brett at barbelltherapyandperformance.com. Thanks for listening in.